0: This is Comms Day live. I'm Graham Lynch, and welcome to the show. Well, it's Mobile World Congress week. It comes around about this time of February every year, and uh, quite a few luminaries from Australia's telecoms industry are over there. Communications Minister Michelle Rowland, um, the CEO of the Australian Mobile Telecommunications Association Louise Highland, and um, the CEO of Telstra, who operate Australia's largest mobile network, Vicky Brady. Anyway, Vicky was um, on a CEO panel on the first day um, in some illustrious company with CEOs from the like of Deutsche Telekom of Germany and Liberty Global. And um, she spoke at quite some length about what Telstra are doing in the space of artificial intelligence. I thought it was worth a listen.
1: Uh, We've got an ambition to be an AI-fuelled organisation and be a leader in Australia. Yes, inside our business, but how we then bring that and deliver to customers. And I talk to a lot of leaders and everyone sort of, what's critical to success here, the practical side of it, how do you make it happen and I think there's three key things that I thought would be helpful in terms of how I'm thinking about it. Firstly. It's got to be a whole of business strategy. It's not a technology strategy. Uh, So the way we're approaching it, rather than it sitting on the side where you're testing things, we're actually embracing it to hit some of the biggest pain points and opportunities that we see inside our business. To make that real, as an example, um, our frontline teams, very common problem, trying to have the information at their fingertips, more than 2,000 knowledge articles that they need to access. So we have an Ask Telstra using generative AI to be able to get it to them super quick so they can serve customers better. We're using it in our network. At the end of the day, having efficient and resilient networks, it's the core of our business. Tens of millions of data points every five minutes on the network. So how AI can help us deal with that, a human can't possibly deal with that. absolutely tackling some of those things right in the core of the business, so it's got to be whole of business. The second thing, this is near and dear to your heart, Julie, it must be cloud-based infrastructure. You spoke about the spaghetti. And yes, as telcos, a lot of us have legacy infrastructure and legacy IT systems. We're on a pretty radical path to simplify and modernise our infrastructure. Just to give an example, in terms of data platforms, We've gone from 50 to 30, that's okay, but we've got a goal by June next year to be at five. Uh, absolutely critical, it's, it's the heavy lifting that sits underneath actually opening up AI and that allowed us to pilot us um, Telstra within five weeks and then scale it. So that's absolutely critical. So we wanna get to, we've got 50% of our processes enabled by AI today across the company, our goal is to be at 100% by June next year. And then the final piece, um, absolutely, we're investing in our talent. You spoke about that, that's critical. But on top of that, I think partnership and collaboration. Matt's talked about collaboration being a superpower, and I think he's right. No organisation can do this on on its own, and so how you work Julie, how we work with Accenture, how we work with Microsoft as an example in the technology space, but also how we work with customers and other ecosystems. So we've brought to market a product with the largest bank in Australia that is helping to protect customers for phone-based scams. Um, So they're some of the things we're doing. They're the three things I would call out, but I see it as just a massive opportunity. I, I can't wait to get engaged further across the next few days and head back with even more ideas of how to drive it.
0: Now, moving on. Um, if you're into the data centre space, you've probably heard of two Australian companies that operate um, in that area. iSeek in Brisbane and your DC in Adelaide. Now, I think about a year ago or so, Iseek bought your DC, and um, had uh, been pretty quiet since then, until this week when it was announced that the guy who was running your DC in Adelaide, Scott Hicks, was to take over as CEO of the whole combined company of Iseek um, in Brisbane, replacing. Um, Jason Gomisau, who is the founding CEO of iSeq and has been there for a couple of decades, I think. Anyway, we caught up with Scott and um, to find out all about what this change means.
2: When uh, your DC went through our process, uh, we, you know, data centers, as you'd be aware, is probably the, the hottest property target in um, in any space at the moment, you know, they're kind of the unicorn of the market and, and in, in globally. And um, we had quite a lot of choice through that process, but, you know, there was one standout through that 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 just had a very similarly aligned culture. Um, you know, Jason and, and my journey had almost been a mirror yeah. from, you know, starting in the telco space 20-odd years ago, servicing customers and then, you know, transitioning to data center. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we didn't quite have the scale back in Adelaide and I had a number of investors that were very keen to see us focus on on achieving our business plan. Yeah. So, you know, rolling out a cloud platform was something that was pretty pretty intriguing and we, we had a couple of cracks at it, but we, we just didn't have the scale. So. Yeah. Yeah, through that process, we, you know, really felt aligned to to uh, the the group, and you know, having four amazing offers on the table at the the end point and choosing that one was exactly where we all wanted to be. Um, You know, we've Jason and I. uh, It's it's pretty rare to actually run a data center business but have that carrier background knowledge and which kind of makes us quite unique and and focused in what a number of our customers really really do want and some of the other facilities do it badly so it's all about customer service and getting that over the line and um, you know focusing on what turns the dial for us so we've really sort of let the two businesses uh, run kind of separately with uh, some Back office synergies and things like that, but you know, as we went through this, realised that you know the two the two entities needed to be um, really merged together so that we get the the benefit of the sales focus across all of Australia and you know rolling out the uh, cloud platform, which you know they in in the queensland market are the the market leader and probably the largest private cloud provider here but you know replicating that in other regions um and you know as we went through that journey you know you know sitting down and talking with jason and and you know him saying well i've been here for 25 years you know is this something you might can consider um and you know i'm 45 and and love a challenge so <laughs> The Adelaide, Adelaide market is. I don't want to say that it's done and dusted because there's lots of opportunity in in, in in every space, but with emerging markets of AI and high performance compute and all those types of hyperscalers, but uh, being able to sort of run a bigger team and, um, you know, my background being Adam Internet, where we had over two hundred staff, yeah, at our peak. Uh, and creating an absolutely unbelievable culture, you know, a fun place to work. And um, you know, we had in our ADAM internet days, we had uh, probably three, four hundred staff that went through the walls of the ADAM buildings. And you know, every single time we uh, parted ways, I'd always shake hands with them and say, "Thanks for your service," and if you ever need anything, please give me a buzz. And it's all of those. Uh, some of them were kids at the time mm. that have become CIOs in businesses all around the world, and you know created that opportunity uh, to you know for, with half of the customers that we have, where we can yeah. just easily give them a ring and say, "Hey, remember me? I gave you your first job." So <laughs> they-
0: <laughs> That's not a bad place to be, is it? Yeah, I like that. That's good.
2: So- uh, it's it's really good.
0: Okay, I, yeah. I just wanted, you just mentioned um, a second ago about how your telco bent um, in terms of Adam, and you mentioned that in regards to Jason as well. How you feel it gives you sort of a, a special something that others don't have. So, can you elaborate a bit more on that? And and you know specifically, what what, what is it that that adds to what you're doing that is absent from from some of the competitors?
2: Well, you know, I think a lot of the other uh, data centers maybe don't understand that what makes things easy for their customers is is just making it simple and getting things connected yeah. really quickly. So, for me, um, when it comes to a telco perspective, I do everything <clears throat> I can to make it really, really simple for them to get to our sites and activate a customer. Yeah. You know, you know, the um, I, I also own um, a company called Astelec which is a telco construction business so you know when we happen to go to a lot of data centers you know the the hoops you need to jump through with some of them can be rather ridiculous um whereas yeah. we just help them and you know go well my customer wants this tomorrow so why am why wouldn't i make this smooth Um, and you know, just understanding that, you know, do everything you can, uh, you know, back in the Adam internet days, we we had a program called just fix it where, uh, you know, it was this chicken shop analogy that, you know, you spend, you walk into your favorite chicken shop, you you spend 25 bucks, you, uh, do that every single week, you get one week of really bad service and terrible food. You generally stop. So have you lost $25? no, you've lost two and a half thousand because that person came every single week and he referred two people. And so, you know, I empowered all of my staff um, at that point to be able to spend up to a hundred dollars to grab a brand new modem, put it in a taxi and run it out to a customer and Mm. turn a turn an angry customer into an advocate. And then that person becomes your sales team. Yeah. So with your DC and and I seek That's what what I meant about our synergies here and the um, you know, us being sort of almost brothers from another mother because <laughs> whenever a customer in our facilities is saying I've got this issue, 99 times out of 100, it's nothing to do with us. But you know, we just have this mentality of I don't care. Jump in there. Find out what's going on and help this customer get it right, and then at that point in time when they realise, oh shit, that actually had nothing to do with them, they feel a little embarrassed. But yeah. you know they're going to rave about it and tell that story. So yeah,
0: okay. um, it's things like
2: that. It's yeah, yeah it's you know.
0: And I, I guess I guess right. it's that those types of things that help. You know, I mean, I look looking at it from the outside. You're up against these enormous global data centre companies. You know, big. And you know, are, on but, the on the outside, it looks daunting, but when you when you explain to me, "Hey, we've got the personal touch, yeah, you know, I can sort of see how how you're competing against them, and you know, do you find that effective?
2: Oh, <coughs> look it does you know, it, and both the Adelaide and the Brisbane markets are very parochial, <laughs> and that's yeah. sort of those tier two markets, not the the big major capitals, but um and customers in those regions really like knowing that they've got someone that cares about them, that, you know, we're not just one of a hundred in their, in their book of big fish in the sea and that it doesn't matter what the size or scale or the issue is, you know, they can ring me 24-7 and, you know, we'll do everything to get them fixed and if that ever happened,
0: <laughs> touch yeah, well. yeah, I just thought, yeah I our you, facilities,
2: yeah. yeah, you know.
0: Yep. You've got that attitude. It is the attitude,
2: really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you well, know, it's I'm yeah, prepared it's to do what table. it takes to keep
0: a customer happy.
2: Yeah, we we take, and we're also kind of a turnkey, single throat to choke where where we we provide not only the data center services but the connectivity to their their um, uh, offices or their their other facilities that they have. Um, we can provide them internet transit and most importantly private cloud so you know private cloud is is probably the the most exciting opportunity within our our customers and 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 msps where you know we work really really closely with um a, a small number of msps and and they keep their existing relationships with clients and you know we just provide a cloud service, similarly to the big hyperscalers, but um, on dedicated tin that's locally managed, that's local on zero latency um, in the same facility where their their existing hardware is. Um, so you know you've got a board that says, "I want us to be on the cloud." Well. Um, what does the cloud actually mean for most people? Uh, It's just a piece of tin that's actually managed by someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And in most cases, you know, we tend to be quite cost competitive, if not cheaper than than our big uh, friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, but very, very different in that, you know, we're not, one of just a billion other customers and, you know, this is, is a very, very focused, uh, with an SLA on it, that people can call and uh, get, you know, all the benefits of, of it still being sovereign, um, which is, you know, a bit cliche, but uh, sovereignty and, you know, being all these certifications that we have uh, that actually gives our clients that, Confidence that they know that if they get a service with us, you know, we we are local. We're Australian. We're one hundred percent, you know, Australian owned and operated with our with our investors and our um, and us. And you know, uh, you're not dealing with a big multinational that is, you know, sending their their tax and profits and uh, back back home or somewhere else and and, you know, really isn't going to give them the service that they probably deserve. Okay.
0: So um, it's obviously pretty exciting times in your market right now. You know, everyone's talking about AI um, and, and yeah. you know, obviously the dramatic increase in compute um, requirements for that are going to drive a lot of data center activity if they're not already. what What's in this for seek in, in terms of what's what we're seeing around the world? How will that? Benefit I
2: seek. Well, it's you know we are we are the market leaders in both Adelaide and Brisbane. I'd say, but um, you know you've you said it. AI is not you know if a customer needs. You know one uh, CPU for doing their own normal requirements. To do that with AI, they probably need about ten times that. So the upscale or the the demand in additional. Megawatts of power and you know compute and space and all those types of things is just going through the roof. So yeah, you know for us uh, this new org chart, which includes me at the at the uh, centre of the pyramid, um, yeah. Yeah. is is really about you know setting us up for this next phase. Um, you know merging the two entities of your DC and seek and not just Uh, throwing people at at the wall somewhere, like actually saying, okay, well, for us to go and service these customers and these hyperscalers and these things, what do we need uh, to continue to cookie-cut our products that we do, be the absolute best in our field, which is, you know, defence, enterprise, uh, corporate, um, and while you know we we do have some of these other big multinational um, competitors that you've mentioned you know our product is very 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 different to that with there is no logos on our doors yeah there's there's you don't know where our addresses are yeah um, so we are the defense specialists in south Australia with with major defense primes um, you know as, as a handful of our customers. So, uh, and they don't want people to know where they are. They yeah, don't so. want yeah. to know yeah. where their, their platforms are. It's all about sovereign risk and, you know, sometimes that risk actually can actually be their own internal staff. So, mm-hmm. you know, their, their staff don't even have access and, you know, we can control that all the way to our level where. Yeah, you know, within our rooms, they can have their own security system uh, on top mm-hmm. of ours, and uh, security cameras there managed back by their um their own officers. And the flexibility that we provide is quite different to, you know, your other types of options out there today.
0: Well, moving on. It was the turn of TPG Telecom to announce its results this week. Now, in TPG's case, they do their financial year um, over a calendar year. So, it was full year results for them, even though for most of the other companies that have been reporting the last two weeks, they've just been half yearly results. Anyway, to um, bring us up to speed with what was in those results, I have the managing editor of Comms Day in the studio, Mr. Rowan Pearce. Hi, Rowan. Hello, Graham. Okay, tell us about the results.
3: Yeah, so I I thought it was quite an interesting one. So as you pointed out, full-year results for TPG because they like to do things a bit differently. And I I thought it's this kind of interesting combination of, um, on the one hand, you had uh, quite strong operational performance in some areas, um, for example, in mobile. But on the other hand, you also have them obviously facing some challenges, uh, including like kind of challenging economic environment that they're operating in. So, for example, earnings are down 12% to $1.88 Um, although that does partly reflect that in a prior year you had them kind of flog off a majority share of their tower business, um, which brought in like $402 million. Um, You also had like net profit after tax down like more than 90% basically. So one of the factors in those results um, that was cited um, by Inaki Baruetta, the CEO, was the rising interest rates. Um, so interest costs, for example, went from $187 million to $341 million, which is obviously a pretty massive um, jump. On the other hand, you did see this kind of like, you know, mobile service revenue up, and that was on the back of like both increased subscriptions and the kind of price increases that we've seen the industry rolling through. I thought actually the fixed space was particularly interesting though, where you saw TPG kind of like drop, drop some of its subscribers slightly. But on the other hand, the margin improved significantly, which really reflected um, the kind of what's happening in the on net space for TPG, particularly fixed wireless space. And Inaki said that. Uh, TPG is now the um, largest fixed wireless operator in Australia with around 227,000 subscribers. Um, so that's kind of like a material factor for them in that segment. Um, there are a couple of other interesting things that are worth noting. Their the simplification program is still continuing and that's going to see them. They've got these uh, uh, 3,700, what they describe as like backbook consumer plans that they're planning to slash in half um, and they're continuing to kind of move applications to the cloud and that sort of thing. Um, the, the other interesting thing is, I had a chat to Inaki uh, after results, and he was still pretty bullish on the idea of infrastructure sharing between telcos, particularly in regional areas. Despite the fact that obviously TPG's deal with um, with Telstra was blocked by the ACCC. and I, I, I kind of wonder. Um, I mean, like obviously Inaki didn't want to be drawn on on too much on like potential partners for infrastructure sharing, but he did say it's a way the industry's. And I wonder if there is kind of like a chance now of a deal, for example, with Optus. I know in the past TPG has been very dismissive of the idea. Um, And obviously Optus has been very pro the idea, but there's been a lot of changes um, since the whole kind of competition tribunal process. I mean, obviously Optus is in the process of getting a new leadership, um, kind of a different Different landscape, I think, like, all the telcos are facing these challenges with kind of capex and interest costs and that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that area.
0: Yeah, for what it's worth, I've heard an unconfirmed rumour that um, everyone's talking to everyone and that, that all, it may all end up as one big happy family out in regional Australia. Who's to know?
3: Yeah, I I, I, I mean, I don't think it's, it's ever going to be... <laughs> happy big family but I mean it'll be interesting like obviously the point of reference has often been like the rural connectivity group in New Zealand but everyone has been kind of like everyone said that oh you know that model kind of won't work in Australia but it'll be kind of interesting if then through hook or by crook it actually becomes a reality somehow
0: okay well thanks for joining us Rowan and um, that's comms day live for another edition enjoy yourselves See you next time.